So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. I have never, before now, I'd never been exposed to parkour. And as much as I knew about it was hardcore parkour. And I would just scream that sometimes when I would run and jump on shit. Between the Reps with Brooke Entz and Gina Chancharulo is a CastBox original produced alongside Studio 71. CastBox is the fastest growing and highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Between the Reps wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Welcome to Between the Reps with Brooke Entz and Gina Chancharulo. Yeah, you guys have missed us. Guess what? The last time you listened to our podcast, where were we? I was on a bed in a hotel and Gina was on her couch and we are in those exact same spots. Exact same, exact same <laughs> spots. Have not moved. Different day though. Hard to believe. Yeah. My Dif- ass is growing as, as we're speaking. Your ass? My ass is spreading and growing since sitting here for so long. Eh, I mean, let, let that thing grow, but try to keep it from spreading. Yeah, we don't want the flat, the flat wide. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with all the horror right. stories we Double. hear about, like who who was telling us the stories about the elderly when in there when they're in like they just shit all the time. Oh everywhere? my god, I don't remember who was that. Was it? Oh, like Carly. They, oh, in the in the ah uh, shit. Who was it? I think it was Carly. Okay, anyways, we're getting way off, off base here. We only have 30 minutes. Yeah. You guys, right, we have we have a guest today, and his name yes. is Jesse LaFlair. That's L-A Flair, not L-E. I say that because I met Flair, him. Flair as in a flare? Like, like shooting a flare. Oh, that's, that's a great name. That's like a porn name. Jesse, you can talk into your mic. You can laugh into your wow. mic. So That's th- your this porn is th- name. This is, the, this is the podcast. This is what I'm coming into right now. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> we uh, hold no judgment. We talk about everything, including porn names. Um, didn't we have? We all came Jesse up with our names. Jesse is a really good one. That's a solid name. Yeah, it wasn't a great it career a for me. Give it <laughs> a know, shot. He's like... Hard to believe uh, I actually went for that one first, and plan B was parkour. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't, <laughs> usually it's like porn didn't work out. Porn didn't work out, so, you know, I realized, wow, I'm fucking good at parkour. parkour. <laughs> do that instead. The name stuck. I get to Oddly enough, every time I tell someone I do parkour, they think that I say hardcore, and then it, the conversation always takes a really weird turn. Ooh, especially with the name LaFlair. Yeah. All right, so I met Jesse. I'm still in L.A. No, I still can't tell you what I'm working on, but super cool when I travel or when I get to do these new uh, new projects. You meet a lot of really cool people, and as soon as I got to know him a little bit better, I immediately wanted to put him on the podcast so I can introduce him to all of you guys. I have never, before now, I'd never been exposed to parkour. And as much as I knew about it was hardcore parkour. And I would just scream that sometimes when I would run and jump on shit. 
Like probably most people. <laughs> most most people have that most reaction. Most people. It's that's oddly <laughs> enough. If, if, we were, <laughs> if we were going to talk about that one clip from the office, it it has helped us the most and hurt us the most. Oh and my it's, god! It's the one thing that like we can't get away from. Because I think what we I do is it. pretty damn cool. And it's and, freaking cool. And that was not the cool version of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jesse, give us a little rundown of first, just like if you were going to give me an elevator, you know, straight to the point of kind of what you do. And then we can get into sort of like how you got into it, things like that. And maybe some, you can give us some really good maybe injuries that you've had. I imagine <laughs> training parkour as extreme as you, you do it and you've done it. There's got to be... The occasional I injury. Like the there's, injury. Yeah, there's, there's always yeah. I mean, I've also been hurt, so let's let's be hurt together. Yeah. Let me give you. I'll, I'll give you a quick idea of who I am. If you guys don't yeah. know who I am, um, I've been really fortunate enough to come into the sport pretty early on, um, and I made a a pretty big impact and a name for myself. I'd, I'd say that, and other people would say this as well. I'm probably the most successful athlete in our sport and one of the most well known. Um, I just got given the first ever pro signature model shoe for our sport, which is like a really big deal for the future High of five. athleticism. Which I have a pair, thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> That's um, cool. Yeah, and, and the sport has kind of led me to some really cool, unique opportunities. Like I, I went into stunts out here in Los Angeles, and I'm actually the, the stunt double for Nightcrawler and the X-Men films, as well as a ton of, of other things. Um, and that's also led me into acting for TV shows. Like uh, the we we kind of broke a world record doing the longest foot chase scene for a television show for the Hawaii Five-O, um, season seven, episode one. Damn, um, you could look it up. It's pretty rad. Um, and so it, all these things, the the chasing this one thing that I just fell in love with, which was parkour. This idea of moving through over under and um, going around any sort of obstacle that's in your way, and then the free running side of it. Which I guess we should define what parkour is. Should we yeah, do that? Yeah, let's do that first. Let's do that first. Cool. So if you guys don't know what parkour is. Yeah, because is, the only thing, oh, sorry. Go for the it. The only thing I know is like Casino Royale. Yes. And that actually was a really nice uh, introduction for a lot of people to understand like what the body's capable of in a chase scene, you know? Um, and that, that got a lot of people to go, what did I just watch? Um, and so we can use that as a really good example as what parkour is. Parkour in itself is the. Um, tend to call it like your your fastest route from A to B to go over, under, or through any obstacle in the most efficient way possible. And then free running, which those two words sometimes are interchangeable, um, is the freestyle aspect of it. It's the freedom of movement and how you express yourself in any given location. Um, so it has more vibes to gymnastics where you see us flip and twist and do tricks like tricking and breakdancing and, and all these different elements of movement arts has kind of come into define what free running looks like you want to know what comes to mind when you talk about those things like what, what i visualize <laughs> it's actually a little bit embarrassing uh you've seen mary poppins right you yeah. know the chimney sweeps yeah. when they're on top of the buildings and they're just like they're free running <laughs> did, did you see did you see the latest film i have not seen the latest film so cool note there yeah is my buddies um their their company is called store they're a big youtube page four million followers they're super dope go check them out um they got brought in to mary poppins to shoot the chimney sweep stuff and oh shit they had dancers trying to do these ladder gags and they kept getting injured so it started off with like two or three of them on the shoot and then by the end like they had almost like all their of them. full team was brought in on mary poppins to do all these like gangster moves and and jumps and 
Uh, it's a really cool scene. They have a bunch of action sports, BMX and stuff going on in there. So, um, yeah, parkour is everywhere. That's funny. You no, yeah, you're, you're talking about it. And like when you say free running, I literally picture it. I've seen some cool videos on YouTube and stuff of guys doing that. But I definitely picture a lot of like Europe stuff. And mm-hmm. I immediately thought of Mary Poppins. Yeah, no, it's true. It's everywhere, man. You know what I think of? What? I think of like um, uh, how beneficial would it be to be like a parkour athlete in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Actually, so one of my first yeah. videos that popped off on my on my YouTube channel, which is LaFlair Parkour, eh, um, is a zombie parkour video that my buddy shot, and I was just kind of the actor in it, so I don't have a lot of the production credit in it. Yeah, but it it was all about this idea of like fast moving zombies trying to catch these parkour athletes as they move through New York City. Um, it's pretty long, but it's, it's entertaining. Huh? Yeah, no, definitely not. And then oddly enough, I dropped <laughs> a comic book. Um, I think it's called the Chronicles of Jesse LaFlair, Parkour vs. Zombies or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's like super limited. You could probably find it online somewhere, but it's all about like me getting gifted this like, I don't know, special watch from the FBI to save some town from a zombie apocalypse. It's super cool. Dude, that's really cool. cool. I'm all about that. <laughs> you have a fucking comic book. <laughs> Gina, I think me and you could have a comic book. We could have a comic book. Let's find someone, let's find someone to draw us. I know a guy. Yes. <laughs> what would we do? Well, Gina, if she was a had a super, she was a superhero. This is her superhero name. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say it? I wish you guys it? could see her face. No, right no, really the her. worst case scenario, girl. Scenario, girl. <laughs> worst case scenario, girl. One hundred percent. Following me everywhere. Oh my god. Worst case scenario, girl. Everyone's trying to get away from her because she's just you know. She just wants to hang out and be Breaking friends, but someone's going to break a fucking down. leg. Jesus. <laughs> no, but she does. Oh, she has some good stuff, too. But <laughs> okay. she's got some shit stuff. Yeah. But the ratio. Ratio's off. If all of us were out, outside, uh-huh. maybe we're by the ocean, Yeah. she will get shit on by a bird. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be good luck. Dude, I got shit on by a 100%. bird. 100%. It doesn't feel like good luck when it happens. I got shit on by a lot of birds once. Yeah, it's, it's such a weird. Uh, it's a quick story. I'll throw it in here. Yeah, let's have it. It was in college. Uh, I was like, I got like kind of dressed up a little bit because I had a presentation to do, and uh, SUNY New Paltz, upstate New York, and I'm walking over the little lake. There's a bridge. I'm about to cross over, and there's like a V of like geese, uh-huh. like flying over me. And for whatever reason, I looked up and I was like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> and I I started to run like I just knew I had this premonition. So I started to run, and it, mu- it must have looked ridiculous for anyone watching. In slow motion, I literally got lit up, like, doof, 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 doof. <laughs> just covered. And it wasn't like one bird just happened to have a good amount of poop. Like, they all were like, we're doing this. And just... Just like rapid fire. Yeah, it was it was bad. So, of course, I had to go back to my room, get changed, run to class. But, yeah. Oh, and my if you're God. Machine, you're machine gun fit. That's like the one thing I remember about college. <laughs> Honestly, that feels like it needs to be a movie scene. Mine was similar. I've only been pooped on one time. It was aggressive though, and it was like the it was like the birds had been eating grass. By birds, okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this one time by birds for this time. <clears throat> Clarifying. But yeah, we were we were by the pool at a, the CrossFit Games, watching a pool event, and what's funny is like on all the bleachers there was like. It didn't look like bird poop because it looked like it was full of grass. Oh my god! I'm not kidding. So <laughs> weird. And me and my friend Danielle were sitting there watching this event, 
And all of a sudden, the person in front of me, it looked like someone had taken like a handful <laughs> and just like chucked it and it hit him in the back. And me and my friend are like, oh. And it was, oh, she looks sucks. at me and she's like, oh my God, it, oh my God, it's in oh. your hair. It was all over my shoulder and in my hair, but it had, it had like almost like a mud ball had landed on the back of this person and all of a sudden it, it was coming down like war. We were in a war zone. <laughs> all right. Sorry guys. Talking about bird poop. Jesse, we talked about free running. We talked about parkour. Now we can get back into a, you basically talking about how you, you love that. And now look at what you're doing. You're using it in all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been very interesting. I grew up in action sports. So I, my dad was, um, he lived in his car for a while when he was a kid. So he learned all about motors and building. And he's, he actually now still drag races today. He's got two cars. He drag races. Um, but I grew up on like quads and snowmobiles and all these different things. And it was all about going fast. And I kind of had this really interesting digression of motor to movement kind of scenario happening where it was like motorcycle. Then it was like BMX and snowboarding and surfing and skateboarding and rollerblading. And then it became parkour. Um, but I always loved this feeling of flight. So everything was yeah. like this idea, like how much airtime can I get? You know, uh, the, the coolest part about parkour is you are the device. You are the thing that has to project yourself through the environment. You're also the thing that has to be responsible for absorbing all of that yeah. impact. So yes, as an athlete, I've seen injuries. I've gone through a lot of stuff. I've competed all around the world in Santorini and Sweden. Um, t- and, and I'm the type of athlete that we kind of briefly talked about this, w- that, I will commit like every yeah. competition I go to, like I want to reveal a new trick that the sport has never seen. I want to want to commit to like breaking that boundary and, and not just doing another line that everyone's seen me do. So I always like to put it all out there and um, it's been rewarding, but it's also, you know, I've had bruised heels and fractured the honeycomb in the structure inside the ankles of the bones and broke a finger on a shoot. Um, yeah, I've, I've had some injuries. What's like the, uh, maybe like the craziest one you've seen? And maybe the injury wasn't that bad, but maybe it looked like it was going to be a lot worse than it was. Oh, I've seen some bad stuff. So I, yeah. I was just in China competing on probably the craziest parkour course the, the world has ever seen. They built this insane, like, I, I don't even know how long it was, but you could look it up. If you just look up crazy China parkour course, yeah. you will see this thing and it goes up a mountain. Like, and, and the whole thing is they had us doing speed competitions down this course. And if you were to go off one of these platforms they built up nice and high, it was right next to an edge that, like, was death. Like, if you literally slipped, you were dying. And that and it was the first time where all of us were like, wow, this is this getting real right now. Yeah. And China's you're not... Making, you're making me sweat right now. <laughs> Just my palms are sweating. I'm, like, sweating. You're going to give Gina hives. <laughs> I know. I can't, I can't do hives. She's visualizing it, like Sorry. pulling her feet up off the ground, I like am. scooting I'm like to the corner of her couch. And I, I mean, I'll <laughs> I'll tell you right now, the the construction techniques they have in China are not not up to uh, U.S. standards. Oh, so, um, and it's it's on the top of a mountain, so I don't even know where they're sourcing these materials from. But there's all this you know scaffolding and stuff. So anyway, they build this wild course. We do it, and they have us competing for days in a row, where like the speed competition was first. So all of us are doing these like drops just drop 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 all the way down this entire mountain um and then the next day was a freestyle comp um, on the same course on the same course okay. so uh one of our athletes actually at the end of the speed course and he's the type of dude that will commit actually he's all over instagram right now his name okay. is dom tomato um 
he is from Australia. He is going viral on everything he does because he's the type of dude that doesn't look like he has any control, but keeps like staying alive every yeah. time he does something ridiculous. Um, and this particular time was that same scenario. So he comes all the way down the course. He wants to win. He's he's got a good time. He's dropping down this platform, and it's about I'd say it's probably like where his feet left the platform was like I don't know maybe thirty feet. And he slips up, oh starts to drop off, catches the one platform right below him, then somehow gets caught in this like mic stand that is like lifted to 20 feet that just, I think, probably saved his life by putting him a little bit at like a slight angle on the way down uh-huh. and comes head first onto like ancient concrete that's Stop. like these stones. like Face first, he puts his hand in front of his head, breaks his arm with his own head on the ground, has a skull fracture on his eye. Um, and all of us just like oh. ran over and it was just like, all of us were like, what did, did we just see someone die? Like, is, and sure enough, this dude is just built from stone. Yes. He broke bones, but he like literally pops up right away and is like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And we're like, no, you're not. Yeah. Um, no way. But he was good. He, you know, he, he got his arm that guy's wrapped. A zombie. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's insane. His, he's, his bone That's density crazy. is absolutely insane. What's it like coming back from an injury? Even something like. If you have, I mean, anytime you, you're injured, if you haven't gone something, you know, let me start over. Sorry, I had a stroke. <clears throat> if anytime you get injured, regardless of how, <laughs> Jesse's laughing at me, regardless of like how like small or big it seems, if it hasn't happened to you yet, it could feel very catastrophic. So when you're going to come back from that, like start training again. So I imagine like if you injure something, got to take time off, got to heal it, got to fix it. What does that, have you had a moment where it's been a little bit scary or like you've been, you can feel yourself being a little hesitant and then it's like, what's that like for you? I guess like even just with like, with bruising a heel, I mean, heels hurt. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, so I've, I've done two world tours um, and on our first, actually, I guess it was our second, on the end of our second tour, I was leaving Australia after two months of traveling tour and hosting events all around the world and competitions. Um, and I, at the time, uh, was training every day. We were filming two series that I was directing and producing uh, called Off the Edge. And I was just in it, in it, in it. My body was so beat up, so tight, and I didn't have time to rehab. We're sleeping on floors, traveling on trains. And I was using Jacked 3D. Do you know Jacked 3D? It's discontinued as a pre-workout. Yeah, yeah, I think I've, de- I've definitely seen it. It's been discontinued because of whatever they had in it. Oh, because like, it, it worked. Yeah, because it, <laughs> it worked too good. Yeah, it worked, was working too good. They're like, oh, shit, got to take that off the, off the shelf. But I, I ended up like relying on it. Yeah, you no, know, it was. It Literally, I'd wake up not being able to like move. And then I would like, all right, let me jack 3D it up. And then, jack 3D. Jack 3D. <laughs> and like I'd be like, let's go. And then I'd train for like eight hours and shoot these challenges and da-da-da-da-da. And like... It just put my body through hell and I wasn't giving it, I wasn't respecting my body at all. And that was the biggest thing I came away with. Like as a, as a parkour athlete, there's no one telling us how to train or what muscles to engage or like, we're just out there hucking ourselves at things and figuring it all out. Um, and I ended up destroying like my back and I, and we left the night, my literally the last night on tour, we're about to leave Australia to come to the U S for like a two month break and I couldn't, I, I took a shower and I ended up on the floor of the shower and I couldn't get up. And I, I had a pinched oh, wow. nerve thing happening and a swelling in like my groin. And like they ended up coming back. Terrible flight home, by the way. Yeah, oh my God. Um, go to the doctor. They find out, okay, well, you have like a bulging disc. You have a, a 
I don't know, some like herniated disc, uh, yeah. all this stuff in my back. And, and I wasn't able to like walk. walk. Like I, jumping off a curb would like set me down on the ground. Um, so I worked with physios and I started training and I was trying to like get better. But with that much of an injury, going from like the high of like, I'm living my best life, yeah. you know, to I can't move. And what am I going to do for a living? Like my, this is everything. This is, this is not just my passion. This is my moneymaker. This is my everything. Um, I went to like deep depression while still trying to get back to being able to move. Yeah. Um, so wow. being injured any, and I've, I see it with tons of athletes, not just in our sport, but all around the world. When, when athletes get injured, it's, it is like that high of excitement we get when we do even go out and train the littlest things is it keeps us going so i i'd say the struggle is is just like committing like does the passion drive you hard enough to come back and that was like i think for me that was probably four years ago um so yeah it, i mean it did i i was I'm so grateful that i loved something so much that i was able to not just move past the funk of it but also to like get my body into an even better place than it ever was. And that's why sometimes injuries can actually be blessings if they're not too catastrophic. Yeah, I mean, I wow. can directly relate to that, all of that. Especially like the depression part, especially, you know, the stress of like wanting to come back, but also at the same time probably being so overwhelmed knowing what it like what it's going to take and how much time it's going to take and trying to be aware of like, how important it is for you to fix the problem but at the same time wanting to be where you were wanting to not lose time like I I, I went through that when I had to get my neck fused <clears throat> all right guys we're gonna take a quick break and then when we come back we're gonna continue learning about little Jesse Flair <coughs> LaFlair <coughs> sorry I, I have Fran cough Jesse LaFlair no I we did a, I did a workout uh yesterday and I I have Fran cough. Those of you guys that don't know what Fran cough is, it's like it's it's like in your chest and your lungs, and it like burns. And some people say like it tastes you like taste blood in your mouth. Like doing a workout that's so high intensity and you're breathing so hard, you taste blood in your mouth. I don't ever really taste blood per se, but it's like it makes me feel like I have a gnarly cold, like a chest cold. I was going to say that's called pneumonia. <laughs> like I was having a I was having I a cough. I you had to go to the doctor. <laughs> I was talking to Jake on the phone today, talking about my uh, the naked program, and he goes, "Are you all right? You sound like you're. Are you? Are you? Did you just wake up?" And I'm like, "I'm like, no, I just, I can't speak." No, I've just been working in a coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> I have right, the black lung. I have the black lung. All right, we'll be right back. we're back we do that in case we like they okay. like an ad <laughs> hey you miss You're us late. where you been hey. nice mom where you hey. from <laughs> you know oh i have a question to Stephen, well okay yeah do that wait what are you gonna oh my god about no i'll tell you after okay so i want to know what your parents think about what you're doing oh, what do your parents think about as a mother doing? as a mother it's like my child was hurt that bad i would be like you don't ever have to do it again, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> you never have to go back. You know, it's it's never. a my my parents have been supportive. My mom's definitely like 
she knows I'm out there doing some crazy stuff for film and for, you know, even just social media and, and just passion, right? So she she's all she's always in support of it after it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I, I mean, my, like I said, I grew up in a family where we were, we were always doing crazy stuff. Like I remember just getting calls while I was at college. My mom's like, we're getting pulled by a truck right now in the snow. We're on top of a hood. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, <laughs> so... The ones on the family. Yeah, they're they're kind of extreme in that way, but it's it's more interesting to me. Like my dad jokes, I think he finally might have broke through, but like a couple of years ago, I got a call from my dad, and he's like, "You know, I found out that the uh, L.A. Fire Department is doing their their test every four years. The fire department does a test you could take, where you can get selected to be part of it, and if you get part of it, you can get a job in the fire department and then <laughs> have like right. like right. health insurance and things like that." And it, it was, right. and I was just like, how do, like, how do I explain to him? Like, I'm, I'm in films, I'm in the union, like, I have like l- pension, life insurance, building, like, all this, all this stuff is like there. But, and if I get, because he's like, you know, if you get injured doing what you're doing, well, like, if I get injured doing this, I can't be a fireman anyway. Like, what are you? Yeah. Right. Parents, right. man, sometimes I, think I just it was don't more get it. Like sometimes. <laughs> a, I think, I feel like as a parent, they're like, they'd be just so worried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know. They you worry know. about you. I know all about it. They worry about you, Jesse. <laughs> I feel that way about Gina. Yeah. Like, I'm her parent. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was out of town and I found out she broke her foot. Oh, my God. That lost my mind. It never would have happened. never would have happened on my watch. Never would have happened on my watch. I was literally walking down the stairs. <laughs> she was. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's. You'll never walk a stair again. <laughs> Quickly. I'd like to know, like, do you have siblings? I do. I'm the youngest of three. Youngest of three. So tell us just, a, you know, where are you from? Where are you born? I was born on Long Island in New York. Um, yep. Youngest of three. Both my siblings are about a year and a half, two years older. So Are they in uh, sports or different? No, I mean, uh, they did like karate and things, you okay. know, all the basic kind of stuff growing up. Um, you know, the, uh, yeah, everyone was riding bikes and motors and quads and whatever. But so right now, I think my my sister actually just became a cop at the age of like thirty, I don't know, going on thirty five. Damn! And we're at in New York. In New York, and well, on Long Island, <laughs> and it's it's like a super hard program to get into. It's like literally, you have it's a lottery. Like they thousands of numbers get pulled, and then it, then that's just a lottery just to, to test to be a cop, and then you pass all these things. And she was like the year of the cutoff, so like it's super intense, and it's been. It's been very interesting hearing her tell me stories, like cop stories, because like most of the time I think, especially now we hear stories about cops and they're just terrible. Mm-hmm. And she just called me the other day. She's like, oh, I just want to tell you, like, I had a crazy day today. And I'm like, okay, yeah, what what happened? She's like, well, you know, I was at the uh, office doing paperwork about some tickets she wrote up. And uh, they got a call about a baby that was choking. And she was like, what? And she, so the, the reason she's able to be a cop too was she's a EMT for the fire department for a while and then transitioned and now all that stuff kind of carries over into her pension and stuff of being cut which is cool but she rushes over to this house because it finds out it's like two minutes away she they, sh- they show up and it's like an armenian family or something they didn't really speak english too well and they, they just hand her this limp infant and she's like oh my god and it's like she doesn't want to do it. so she starts doing cpr on it and all of a sudden the baby starts coughing and some and like kind of spit comes up and she's like it seems like the baby's breathing a little bit and then all of a sudden she realized no it's still struggling she just a little bit more CPR and a sticker comes shooting out of the baby's mouth and 
now this baby is fine and it's alive and it's and it's breathing and and then EMTs show up and they go oh we th- the call we got was that it was just a sick child we didn't know that there was baby choking so like th- just this idea that if my sister wasn't happened to be a cop that that day she happened to not be at the office two minutes away that she didn't rush over there because they got an actual call that this poor child might not be alive is like insane right. to me and the other side of it that wow no, no one's telling this story besides me right now right yeah. like but w- without me on this podcast, no one, no one would have ever heard of this. And yeah. it's just a, a beautiful thing that, like, there's so much crazy stuff. And that's just, like, one thing. Like, she tells me stories. Oh, I like, can only three imagine. Three stories a day of, like, breaking into people's houses and they're ODing on drugs. And she's, like, has to do this thing. And it's it's crazy what, what they're going through on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and that's scary. That's scary to be a brother to a cop and, and be like, what? You got to roll around with a guy that was, like, 6'5 and, like, You'd have backup come rip this guy off of you. It's like, what? Yeah, Gene, I don't think that you... Yeah. And what if, like, <laughs> if I was going to want to Why are you cop, laughing? Well, because uh, you, the whole parent thing, like, if, no, you, if, you're, if your child be... was like, I'm going to be a cop, you'd be like, nah. <laughs> it's, yeah, like when, it's like when I was convinced I was going to I was going to be a firefighter. Like, I was going to go to the fire academy, and I was going to get my EMT, <clears throat> And uh, my dad was all for it because that was something that he really wanted. My mom did not want it. And she knew exactly how to, like, get me to not want to do it. How? She what told me. <laughs> I, I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. Mom, I'm outing you. I remember I was telling her about it. And instead of her, I think it may be saying that it would, like, make her scared. And honestly, I'm happy I didn't do it because, like, what I'm doing now is way cooler. I'm talking to I'm on sitting on a hotel bed, you know. <laughs> Talking to Gina <laughs> on a podcast. <clears throat> she based, she said, she said that that would for sure make me manly, like to have a job <laughs> like that. And as like as for me growing up being bullied for like being a very having like a very strong physique, that like knew exactly how to like get to me. Like, yeah. like a very mind ninja. Yeah. Moms are mind ninjas. They pull it out when they need to. They're like, yeah. I'm going to just cut this down. I feel like right if here. I had a kid. That she was, was like, I'll fix, I'll build like, her back up later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like if I had a kid that was a cop, I'd like have a police scanner and she's like showing up to all the stuff and being oh. like, nope, nope, sweetie, don't go in there. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not don't for you. Wait you'd just like up. you'd like be at the house and run outside real quick and like disconnect her like <laughs> how they call them and <laughs> turn her phone off she can't show up tell me about your shoe i also in my sport um i don't know if i was the first person to actually have a shoe but i was definitely the first person in the company that was sponsored by to have a shoe i have oh, two dope. shoes actually that's dope yeah they're not here i want to see them I know they're at home. Yeah, shoes shoes are a, an incredibly hard process, and so in our sport, there are a few companies that have made shoes. I'm I'm a co-owner of a company called Tempest Free Running, where the definitely the biggest U.S. parkour free running company, um, but definitely also one of the biggest in the world. And we do clothing. Uh, we obviously have shoes, um, but we also own gyms. So yeah, we, I got to go to one. Yeah, it's so, very cool. Yeah, so we we were like. Probably the guys that that created the biggest, baddest, best space to do parkour inside. Um, as in when we first launched the first gym video, it went super viral, beat out all like the marketing of all the million dollar companies like Coca Cola and stuff like that. And all it was was just like a kind of a fake one shot of a moving through the space. Um, but we now have four gyms. Three are in California. Uh, two are in Los Angeles. One is closer to San Diego. Mm-hmm. In 
Um, and then we just opened our newest in Dallas, Texas, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but the shoe Sorry, thing. Are you based in California? Yes, I, I live Sorry. in. Yeah, yeah, I, I live in Los Angeles. I've been out here for about nine years now. Um, California is the Los Angeles is where Tempest was founded, so. Um, we do exist okay. in this space. Um, but yeah, the shoes, shoes has been a crazy process. We've been working on this particular shoe for about three years. Uh, and we have another model, shoe model called, um, well, it was the NLS one. And uh, we had two colorways of that. And that was already a, a, a crazy process in China to deal with all the manufacturing and, and we ended up getting screwed over on this and that. And they told us all this stuff that was supposed to be a certain way. So going into this shoe, we were like, not going to happen. So we brought on a bunch of like pros, like this guy, Robert Purvey, who helped like assist us in the production of the shoe. And he has done shoes for Kobe and LeBron and worked with Shaq on his stuff. So like all these like pro athletes. So we're like, we're going to nail it this time. So it took us a few years to get, the shoe we wanted and um and what we wanted was to create the first ever shoe built for our sport not just like using someone else's pre-existing molds not just using a different silhouette or a last that it pre-exists or a foam so we we built this thing from the ground up with the idea of movement in mind so what would you say <clears throat> and this is the one that i have right yes okay what would you say um like even to describe it to me because i've been wearing it now and it's very comfortable and I'm, I'm not sponsored by a shoe company anymore so I like to try on a lot of different shoes like that's yeah, yeah. actually I find it super exciting because for years I was really tied to one company mm. and so it was actually overwhelming to like go and try on new <laughs> shoes it was like I can't do it <laughs> there's too many but what was what's different on your shoe in comparison to a lot of the other ones we see that are very like you know maybe cookie cutter shoes that you you needed to like it needed to be like this for your sport yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that was my biggest thing is I wanted to build functionality into the shoe that made it break the question where most people ask us, oh, what do you need to do parkour? And you're like, well, just any basic sneaker, you know, and yeah. that's that's a great answer. But for our sport, that that's our only tool. We don't have bearings, grips, tires, handlebars, whatever you want. Like, yeah. we're not a sponsorable sport. Um, there's not much there to like brand us on. So like shoes is like the one thing that we can really like do. So we wanted to create a tool for the sport and what we did was like simple we didn't push it too far too soon i would like to go further with it mm -hmm. um but we we started with a shoe that people can wear mm -hmm. uh, and so what we did is an extended precision zone so we just extended the the, the ball of the foot and made mm -hmm. a, an outrigger so that where we land most has more surface area more surface area equals mm -hmm. more grip um, we, the rubber that we developed and, and made sure it was multi-grip, you know, yeah. it sticks to everything we need it to. Cause everything we run on everything from glass rails, plastic wood, you know, everything yeah. is cement obviously. So the grip pattern was very specific, but beyond that, we started to do things like, um, it's a, it's a high top, but mm -hmm. it's a multifunctional high top. So it doesn't mess with your Achilles. If you don't want to wear it for ankle support, you can actually backstrap it and wear it like a normal sneaker. So most people that are afraid of high tops because it might restrict them too much, we made sure that you can wear it in any way. Or if you're going for a big trick, lace it up or strap it up, put the put the strap on and uh, and tighten it up. And now you have ankle protection, which is yeah. one of the most common injuries on our sport, right? So outside of that, we actually did an extended tongue. So we, we raised the tongue above industry standard 
because we're actually also doing tricks off of the forefront of our foot. So we actually padded that tongue as well in a, in a different type of foam so that if you're actually like going off of a rail with the front of your foot, mm -hmm. it actually lends some support and comfort there. Um, and then, yeah, like our, our, our EVA, our foam that we use is it's called True Foam. Um, we own it as the technology. It's a certain mixture, and that's where you probably are feeling like the comfort of it. Yeah. Um, trying to think. There's probably more things that I'm not thinking of right now, but it was it was a, a beginning to it all. Well, and it's and like it's like nice and it's pretty minimal. Yeah. You know, there's no. We kept it black. I don't and know, white but there's no real drop inside. in it. It's super like a neutral, yes. and that's kind of what I train in. So it's yes. probably why the transition for me to just be able to put those on was like. Uh, yeah, we, easy. we did a little bit of extra padding in the heel, not much because we are very aware of that, um, shortening of the Achilles and things like that. But when we're taking giant drops off of things, yeah. when, you know, doing double backflips and landing, you know, from 15 feet up, we need some sort of support to help cushion that heel yeah. strike if we happen to over-rotate in a weird way. Well, congratulations on the shoe. You. Um, where can people find you? Um, well, if you want to check out the shoes, head over to TempestFreeRunning.com. Uh, you can, if you go directly there, you can go backslash shop, backslash LaFlair. That's L-A-F-L-A-I-R. LaFlair. <laughs> um, otherwise, yeah, look me up. Instagram, Jesse LaFlair. Um, YouTube? Yeah, YouTube. Was, what you said was Jesse LaFlair parkour? Uh, LaFlair parkour. Um, yeah, I'm all over the place. Not, yeah. not too hard to find. No. Check him out. He uh, is pretty incredible. I've got to, I mean, since getting to like know you, I've definitely looked you up. <laughs> and par parkour videos are legit. You. Yeah. I mean, I, I had always seen some, like I talked about, like I'd seen things and like, you know, like even like in certain commercials where they, you know, throw like parkour athletes in. It's amazing. Right. But watching you like in person and then like also getting to go to the gym. What, okay. Last thing I went to their, <laughs> I went to their gym and which gym did you go to so the one in was South the one in chat in chatsworth chatsworth okay yeah. that's our valley location so we went there and up in the top so the very very high like a warehouse space so up in the very top back corner is an office area and it from what i understood like the only way to get up there is you practically gotta fly <laughs> That's, like, our, that's our coach, uh, coach's lounge. Which is so cool. Like, you have to be able to get up there. Like, I couldn't have done No, that's There's cool. no ladder for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was very cool. And I, well, that's because I, I was talking to you about how I could see you in, like, your house having, like, a little area where you could, like, hang out, like a hammock type area hung up high. And you just kind of, you know, parkour your way up there and hang out. That's, I mean. Right, you, have to, you have to earn it. Yeah. Yeah. That, one of the coolest yeah. things that, like a big part of our sport is about like a roof culture, climbing roofs. Yeah. Right? It's not the sport. Chimney it's, sweep. It's not the part of the sport that I think is important. I think you learn a ton of life lessons through doing parkour about overcoming obstacles, whether they're like physical ones or mental ones. But there is this like feeling of being on a roof that never gets old. Right. And I think it ties us back to this just childhood feeling of being on top of the world. Mm -hmm. And that when you get comfortable with heights and when you learn how to get yourself in or out of any situation like Gina. that, Gina. Um, <laughs> it is quite the amazing feeling to be on top of a roof, to 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 stand on the edge of something and look out and feel like this this sense of calmness and, and freedom that and, and see a view that most people in the world probably will never yeah. see. Gina, I think we should work to get your height. 
being scared of heights less so we can I can put you on top there of the world. There's no way that's going to happen. Jesse can show you the There's top no of the world. Way. I can show you the top so of the world. So my nephew is doing parkour lessons right now. I can show you right the now. world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shine and shimmer. Like All right. You're well, so <laughs> I love you. I miss you. I'll see you next I week. I love you too. Um, we'll podcast so we, in person next week. You love me or you love Jesse? Both of you. Hey. But I do oh, okay, love you, perfect. Miss Gina Marie. And I'm coming home I next week. Uh, Jesse, Thanks, thank uh, you so much for sitting with us and podcasting. And we will definitely have you back on after this project that we're working on oh, yeah. comes out. Yeah. So we can talk about it. My God, I'd love to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. But it's going to be. Right now, we don't really know. Maybe sometime in the fall. I know. I Unless they announce it before then. Oh, Unless they so announce good. if they announce it before it comes out, we'll they're be able gonna, to kind of yeah, talk about gonna it. Yeah, they're going to have to know. Because they'll start they doing press it, and stuff. We can, we can promote yeah, it. Yeah, we can talk about it. And we can get into some of the stuff because this has been crazy, guys. It's I been, can't wait for you to hear about yeah, it. <laughs> it's been really crazy. It's been really crazy. All right, guys. Have a great uh, rest of your day or morning or night, whenever it is you're listening to this. Remember to what, Gina? Great review. Five stars. Five star rating. Share us with your friends. Five star rating. And uh, we'll see you. In, or we won't see you because we aren't doing a video anymore because I uh, don't have my camera. I know you said that every we'll time. talk to <laughs> you next we'll week. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, guys. Love you guys. Peace out, everybody. Bye. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.